Hey, good morning, podcasting morning chat. Happy two-year anniversary. <laughs> what a rough start. Today is February 15th, 2024, and we're going to talk about what makes a podcast host, quote-unquote, great, and probably some other things along the way. So if you don't mind, please hit the share button if you're listening live on Clubhouse, bottom left-hand side of the screen. And if you're listening via podcast, please share this episode with a friend. And in the meantime, give us about two minutes and we'll get things rolling. Thanks for being here. morning podcasting morning chat that was a fun start to the morning uh it probably won't start that way for you if you're listening via podcast but maybe maybe there'll be a little something to to kick it off but yeah i had some technical difficulties sometimes my roadcaster does not like to connect to my iphone i don't know why it should just plug in and i think it's really honestly more my iphone than the the roadcaster i just think sometimes the iphone doesn't pick up the new device that's plugged into it and and admittedly i looked at the clock this morning and i said oh crap it's 7 a.m i wasn't quite ready and wasn't quite plugged in so i think i was rushing and probably to sid's point might have been a little bit of user error as well but here we are and it is officially the two-year anniversary of the podcasting morning chat. And I'll clarify a little bit because the podcasting morning chat started before me and then it ended and then I rebooted it. And I wasn't a part of the original community. I might have popped in 
a time or two, but I really wasn't a part of the community, say, the way we've got Raphael here today, the way Roth or Sid, they they were kind of the OGs of it. So, yeah, I rebooted it two years ago to this day. And I'm, I'm, I can't say enough how much, how glad I am that, that I did this. I, I've, this community has been something that's helped me through certain things, whether they, whether you've known it or not. And it's also been really empowering for me and definitely has provided me with a new level of confidence in what I do. So thank you. And today, I wanted to dig in, and also admittedly, I think probably one of the reasons why I felt like I was running a little late this morning was because I was having trouble deciding on what direction I wanted the conversation to go today. And I think I've landed on us dissecting what really makes a podcast host great. And I generally don't like to use words like good or great to describe a podcast host. And I don't like to use bad or awful either. I think that it, there is a taste for, for everyone. And I also couldn't come up with something better. But I, I do think that's why I put great in quotes here as at, in the title on Clubhouse. So go with that if you don't mind. And start thinking about what makes what you think makes a host great. Start thinking about some of the podcasts that you listen to and the podcasters you listen to. And what is it about them that draws you to them? And I'll dig in deeper, but first I want to start with an icebreaker question. So we will start with Nick. Good morning, Nick. In let me make sure I'm, I've got the right question for you. Yes. All right. So, Nick, what's a pet peeve? that you have when you're either listening to or watching a podcast? What's something that just drives you nuts when you hear it or see it in a podcast? Hey, good morning. I was thinking about this, if you kind of give me the, the brief heads up on it. Um, I think one of the biggest pet peeves for me is when podcasters are trying to like almost be too professional, like almost, almost over the top professional. Does that make sense? Like I like being like listening into the, the casual conversation and like feeling like you are just listening to that podcaster have a conversation with you or with their guest when it's like almost feels like too much like a, a news bulletin kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It just kind of turns me off. I usually don't stick around with those podcasts too often. Yeah. I hear you. That makes sense. And I'm I'm going to just keep it going because I have a feeling we're going to have a lot of different answers and a lot to get to. And I also, by the way, I forgot to say, I got another question from our friend John Stasio, who is a member of this community, and he's been posting questions here and there in our Empowered Podcasting Facebook group. So I'll get to that as well. Uh, thank you again, Nick. Sid, good morning. Same question for you. What's a pet peeve that you have when you're listening or watching a podcast, what drives you nuts? Good morning, everybody. So the first thing that came to my mind, which is very true for me, is too many calls to action. 
Mm. Oh, follow me here. Like and subscribe to this. So sign up for my newsletter all in a matter of 30 seconds. Like, what the heck do you want me to do? Right? So too many calls to actions. And then to kind of tie into that, um, I discovered a new podcast last week. The content of the podcast is really, really good. And I'm really, really enjoying it. But the first six minutes of his show is nonsense, including four and a half minutes of ad. Mm. Oh, too many ads. Yeah. So when you say it's a lot of nonsense, I mean, it sounds like it's mostly ads, but what, what's the other nonsense? What's he doing? He or she doing he sets up this show. There's a clip and it sounds, and it, there's a clip. And then he goes into a little conversation where he's about to like, he's talking about it, like he thinks he's about to dive into the show, but he's actually just setting up the show. And then you have his intro and then you got four minutes worth of uh, ads. <laughs> it's just like you got to be freaking kidding me, dude! And you're sticking with that show anyway, though. I only listened to two. I have not gone back after the second one, but if I do go back, because the content's really good, it's about real estate investing, and I'm I'm studying and learning about real estate investing, and so the content's really really good. But I know that I have to skip forward the first basically five to six minutes, which is a lot of hitting the thirty second. <laughs> yes, yeah, you might get your finger a little tired there. Yeah. Uh, before I get to Walt, I just want to acknowledge because we don't see Amanda Sharp here in the room. And I know Amanda's juggling a bunch of stuff right now with her multiple businesses and family and such. And I think she needs a little time to focus. So we will look forward to having her back when she's ready to join. So good luck to you, Amanda, wherever you are at the moment. And let's go to Walt with the same question. Walt, what's a pet peeve you have when listening or watching a podcast? Yeah, um, love-hate relationship with the ads as well. <laughs> um, it, I understand why they're there, though. Um, yeah, for the creators that truly, that are, I really, really enjoy their content, I definitely stick with it. Um I would say with the hosts that I like that kind of stand out to me are ones who are able to kind of ask the questions that I would ask if I was in the room or are just creating such a such an environment where it feels like I'm there. Those are the things that really like stand out mm. to me. Um, people I watch, people I work with, that's um, it's like those are like the two things I look for. All right, cool. Thank you, Walt. And we'll dig into some of those areas for sure. I think uh, there are some of that I definitely connect with. Let's go to Alex. Alex, good morning. The icebreaker of the morning is, what's a pet peeve that you have when listening or watching a podcast? Well, I think it's a combination of what Nick and Sid said in terms of, you know, overproduced and just a lot of minutia with the ads. I mean, I, I don't. I don't mind, I, you know, I don't mind if they read stuff, but it's, it's the, the inserted ads that are just annoying, but that's the nature of the business. So you have to kind of go with it, but I, I actually kind of enjoy some of the scripted ads that people have to read um, just because sometimes they, they, they make it fun, but yeah, if, when it's, when it's overproduced, it just seems like it kind of fake but yeah you want to you want to hear a good conversation thanks alex let me ask you what what are we considering or what are you considering overproduced what what does that look like or, um, or an example i know i knew you're gonna ask me something like that <laughs> it, it, 
I, I mean, I, this this is going to be like kind of a when it's too perfect. I don't know how to explain it. Mm. It, it. I know we all strive to get all the ums and the this and the that out. And then I've just been on this like, you know, not editing as much because for a bunch of reasons, but you want the conversation to really flow. And, and sometimes you, you, you hear some of this stuff and it just, it, it just, I, I don't know how to explain it. I'm sorry. No, you actually did. I, I mean, you, it, I'm connecting with it, Alex. So, you know, it, people mess up. Yeah. You know what I mean, like I, I, I'm, I'm editing a podcast right now, an episode and my, my podcast partner, God love her, but she has no sense of where the mic is with her pieces of paper. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, dude, can you stop? And she's like, I didn't even know I was doing it. I'm like, I know you did. And it was like, <laughs> I mean, we didn't, we, we had a little, it was funny. It was just like, oh my God, I didn't realize it. But I mean, and I'm like, part of me wants to leave it in because that's just the way we kind of talk. And the other part wants to just like, I don't want to, you know, but anyway, yeah. I know Sid has something. Yeah. Go ahead, Sid. No, I just was going to say, I absolutely understand what Alex is saying. It's like you walk into Alex's show about Loki, right? And you expect something, but when you go into Dominic's show, you expect a curated, especially his narrative ones, right? You expect it to be curated and produced the right way because that's the experience that you're going for. So I think it has a lot to do with that type of show and what your expectations are when you hit the play button. Mm. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of people agreeing on stage. Go ahead, Alex. To your, to your point, Sid, um, I, I, there's a great interview with um, Mark Hamill when they were doing star Wars and, and they were doing like a second take and he, he does a great impression of Harrison Ford and he was saying something to him and, and Harrison Ford comes to him and says, Hey kid, this isn't that kind of movie. And you're exactly right. It's exactly it. I'm looking for NPR when I'm looking for Dominic, we are definitely not NPR. <laughs> thank you, Alex. And Sid, thank you for elaborating. I think a lot of people connected with that for sure. And I want to get back to that. We will get back to this idea of being too perfect, overproduced. So let's, let's uh, as they say, pin that and we will come back to it. And let's say hello to Roth. And if you are new to the Podcasting Morning Chat podcast, you haven't met Roth yet officially, or at least you may have if you listen to his podcast. But I want to say hello to Raphael. Good morning. And Roth also... With the icebreaker, if you don't mind, why don't you just share a little bit about your podcast as well? I'd love for our audience to hear a little bit about what you do. So go for it. The question is, what's a pet peeve you have when listening to or watching a podcast? Well, hello, hello. Good morning to all. Greetings from Portugal. Um, actually, this is probably the worst morning for me to be able to introduce myself to those of you who are new because I've got construction going off and on, so <laughs> hopefully nothing interrupts. That's but, okay. Uh, for me, the thing that actually ends up being one of the biggest pet peeves that I have ends up probably being along the lines of uh, when it takes too long to get into the episode. I mean, there's actually a few things. I'm just going to go quickly <laughs> over a couple of them. But like when the music at the beginning, the intro music is so long that you feel like you're listening to a radio station or that you have to hit the skip button multiple times before you can actually even get into the episode. 
I can't stand that. Or one other thing that for me is kind of in the opposite direction of what's been spoken about a little bit so far. And that is maybe when a podcast is maybe underproduced. Mm. Granted, you don't have to have perfect quality and things don't have to be great. They don't have to be amazing. However, I do have a preference for at least some basic minimum level of quality. I mean, you can even do great quality these days with just your iPhone. Yeah. But when you hear the phone is like, or the microphone is rather like, say, three feet away and they're speaking on the other room and it's getting compressed by a Zoom call, I just end up turning away from that really, really quickly. Yeah, I love that answer, Roth. And please, do you want to just at least share where sure. people can find your website or your podcast? Yeah. Well, I, you actually can find it through my website, yeah. rafaeldefodia.com or notyouraverageglobetrotter.com. I have uh, my main podcast, video podcast. is uh, YouTube is where it started out, really. I talk about life abroad, living abroad, and also do some travel videos and getting around, showing the area where I've lived. I've been living in uh, Portugal for the past couple of years now, about, what, two years and two months, three months. Before that, I was living in Italy. I've been outside of the U.S. for going on 16 years now, uh, full-time, never been back. <laughs> and uh, I also work on a couple of other podcasts currently, the Italian Citizenship Podcast, Italian Real Estate Podcast, and a few others that are in the works. Um, and yeah, so that's those are the pl main places where you can find me. Uh, but Not Your Average Globetrotter is my main kind of thing, my, ma my little baby that I've been taking care of since 2015. <laughs> Very cool. Thank you, Roth. Uh, all right, so I want to ask the rest of the group that are here on stage, Billy, Jeff, Amanda, Sandy, if you guys have a different answer to what we've heard so far, I would love to hear from you now, and then we will keep coming back to you with more uh, as we dig into the great... Yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll go ahead. That's it. People interrupting people. Uh, <laughs> I love it. And I and I agree with you, hey, Billy. I couldn't understand you. <laughs> uh, I agree. It it drives me nuts when I'm hearing that during a podcast, and it's also a sign that either they're they're not editing or that they're not multi-tracking to edit to fix some of that talking over each other. It's a it's a great way to fix sometimes that that issue, but when it's not it when they are not fixing that issue and they have somebody who is constantly interrupting it, or if they all are interrupting, if there are more than one person or more than two people on there, it drives me nuts. Yeah. So I'm with you there. But Mark, sometimes it's important for the host to interrupt. A hundred percent. Politely, especially when the guest is on a diatribe. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think that there are appropriate times. It's more of the, the times that it's not appropriate when people haven't finished that thought and I'm I'm on the edge of my seat waiting for that thought to be finished and then they get interrupted and oftentimes then taken in a different direction and then we don't go back and visit whatever it was the whatever that original thought was. Does anyone else have anything else as far as Jeff had his hand up. Who did? I'm sorry. Jeff had his Oh hand yeah, up. let's go Jeff. Good morning. Good morning, and I'm not sure what that little icon is that I just did. Hundred percent. Um, the uh, the host that thinks himself so edgy and spontaneous that he doesn't prepare for his interviews. Um, 
I find especially annoying. Um, outside of maybe Steve Martin or Craig Ferguson, um, maybe Johnny Carson, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm 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 encouraging uh, people that are going to have guests on their show to to prepare. Um, and I see a whole lot of people that are not very self aware and um and do a very poor job because they're just excusing their laziness um uh, in the spirit of being edgy and i just think that's wrong makes me crazy i totally agree with that if i can jump on that for one second also because like you don't want to be underprepared but there is such a thing as well as being overprepared especially for an interview where you plan out not only the questions but your guests answers and that you have to drive your conversation in this direction and that direction but sometimes you want to lead let the conversation flow maybe even having bullet points of like some questions that you could ask and seeing where you can fit those but you might not even be able to follow the original kind of flow that you came up with and see where things go but yeah definitely don't under prepare because that's gonna really mess you over yeah and it's and it shows when you're not prepared even if you think it doesn't show it 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 comes through i mean sure i think you'll fool some people and i think the majority it it shows they see it they hear it they know that you're not prepared they they can tell because of the sometimes maybe the questions you ask and and then you get an answer and then you just you, you don't know where to go from there it it's it is frustrating i agree well actually i think billy has a, a, an example about this as well because there's his name billy thorpe there's other billy thorpes in the world he was contacted for an interview for a different billy thorpe <laughs> so <laughs> in that case that was really under preparing i remember him telling the story a while back but i mean even i've had that situation not about my name but it's like oh so what is it that you do i, I just got a an email last night oh i love your podcast and i'm a marketing expert on blah 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 mm. blah 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 my podcast or at least my personal podcast has nothing to do with marketing so they're definitely not the right fit for guesting on that but yeah billy uh I don't know if you want to quickly mention that story or not. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty easy. Like, there's a bunch of Australian podcasters who just wanted to use me as clickbait, I guess. So, I don't know. There's like a famous rock star back in the day who lived in Australia from, I guess, I think, I don't know where. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I was there and, they, and it was a music podcast. I'm like, I play music, but I don't know. What, how, why am I here? <laughs> I think I even said that on the show. <laughs> All right, here's what we're going to do. I I do know that we have a question from Sandy, who is on stage with us, and also John in the audience. He posted a question recently in the Facebook group that I want to get to, and then we can continue this conversation as far as what really makes a podcast host, quote-unquote, great. And if you haven't noticed, what I'm trying to do lately is with these icebreaker questions, tie them in a little bit more to the actual topic so that we don't ever really go off topic. That, that's the idea of this. And I think, I think it's working so far. So I will continue to, to finesse that. So since St- Sandy is on stage, let's go to Sandy. I know, Sandy, you had a question about the Roadcaster Pro 2. I saw that on Facebook. So yeah, why don't you ask your question and let's see if we can help you. You got some good techie people on stage today. 
Perfect. Good morning, everyone. So my question is, I am using the Rode Procaster 2 with my Rode Pod mic, and I am recording with Riverside. And Riverside has two settings that pop up for the Rode, and I really don't know which one I should be using to get the best use. And so that's really my question. If anyone is using Riverside as well as the road podcaster, if they could give me some information on that, that would be helpful. Sure. I, I could, but I, Raf, do you want to chime in first? I saw you gave the icon there, the uh, thumbs up. So I thought maybe you might have something. Oh, I, I, I just was giving a thumbs up that it's a great way to record more so, but um, I, I think I caught it in the Facebook group. I don't know, Mark, if you want to take this, but from what I understood, it seemed as though it might just be a matter of selecting the right audio input. Uh, and with the Rodecaster, Rodecaster Pro, or sorry, Rodecaster Pro, Rodecaster Pro 2, um, if you're recording on Riverside, you just want to make sure that you select uh, the Rodecaster Pro Stereo, not the Rodecaster Pro Multi-Channel, and that should get you all set. Um, but I don't know if there was something else beyond that that, Mark, you um, caught that maybe I missed out on. Yeah, you know, le- thank you, Raf. Uh, so, Sandy, let me just ask, so have you attempted to use it and, you're, and it's not working? Is that the issue? So I've used it, but I find that it seems like my my audio, my voice coming out is not as loud. Mm. And so I'm trying to figure out, like someone said something earlier, I'm like, well, I think the mic is close enough to me. But when that's popping up and I'm not, I can't tell you that every time I pick the stereo. So I think I just need to spend some time knowing that, okay, now I definitely need to use the stereo option and monitor it to see how it sounds prior to me going through. And you know how you can do that little um, test. Mm -hmm. So just take the time to really, you know, the Rodecaster 2 has all the bells and whistles and I love it, but I I definitely need to spend some more time working with it and paying attention to the sound. And so now I actually have another question, if you allow me. Sure. (laughs) So with that same setup, how do you handle when your guest does not use a headphone mm. and you are using a headphone? And so I found that this one particular guest, his audio is extremely loud. And so me already knowing that I'm not feeling as comfortable with, with my audio being as loud as I want it, thank goodness I can do a little thing a couple things in GarageBand, and like you said, I'm I'm going to be more mindful to actually pull in both of the tracks. But even in doing that, if I'm already starting a little low and the guess is loud, it's like, okay, I really need to understand this so we can have what I'm looking for in the audio. Yeah, okay. And I see Alex wants to chime in. I will in a moment. One thing is, Sandy, are you adjusting the the levels at all? In other words, are you turning the guest down on your Rodecaster Pro and maybe you up a little more? No. Okay. I, I'm I'm turning me up, but I haven't turned the guest down. So that's where I'm telling you. I need to I need to spend more time. Yeah. So you take you take the slider that is attached to 
your computer, right? Because that's if you're using Riverside, I'm just making the assumption you're doing it yeah. through your yeah. through your computer. So yeah, you just take that that slider and just bring it down a little bit more until he's at a more appropriate level. But I would continue to encourage your guests to please wear headphones because that will cause you an editing nightmare for sure. Uh, yeah, just to sorry if I can jump yeah, in go. on that quickly also because. Sure. Um, one thing when you're sending your emails out for your guests, like say, Hey, please make sure that you're wearing headphones. If you have wired headphones, that's definitely better than if you're wearing wireless headphones, especially even like AirPods can introduce a little bit. If you're doing a video podcast, they can introduce a little bit of delay between the voice and the video. Um, but then also make sure that not only you're looking at the levels on your roadcaster, because assuming you're not just using Riverside for the call itself, but to actually record, you have the sliders on your roadcaster, but then you also have the sliders on Riverside itself where you can mess with things a little bit and look at the levels on Riverside to get a little bit of a better idea and compare and contrast with what you're seeing on your screen with the um, USB input. Because uh, that should be, they're not going to line up perfectly, but if you can get those kind of close to each other and you're hitting maybe say halfway between zero DB and minus 15 DB, um, or even just a little bit like floating around that 15 DB mark, then you might get yourself into a comfortable spot where you can then take the files that Riverside outputs to you and then have a little bit more headroom as well after the fact when you are doing your editing to kind of get the final little details locked in. You're absolutely right, because I do notice the difference with the people who have the plugged-in headphones and the audio is is much better. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to talk to this guest because I really mm -hmm. want to have a, a great interview with him and I, I think I can get him. But I do put in the invitation exactly what you said, that it's better when we have the headphones on. So yeah, I'm going to make it happen. Thank you guys. I often remind people that they have oftentimes so many people have iPhones, right? Except for Nick, of course. But <laughs> but uh but I always remind them, you know, you can use those earbuds that you get with your that you got with your iPhone and and people seem to have tons of those laying around. So I, I would just try to remind people that at least it's still better than using their speakers. Right. Uh Alex, go ahead. Thank you for waiting. You know, one of the one of the greatest things in the whole entire world is the leveler feature on audacity and the level of feature on a lot of different things and i i run into this a lot because i sometimes have people popping in and out and like raf said you can really kind of adjust stuff but it is it is really annoying when your daughter is jumping on top of you for no reason <laughs> um it's also really annoying when you know, I had a situation where I had to podcast and I didn't have anything. I had my headset or my mic and it was a nightmare. I, I look, I, it sounded like trash, but, um, you know, some creative leveling and, you know, can do a lot in post and in audacity. It took me a, it took me a hot second to figure out where it is because it's under effect, but, um, like Buzzsprout, I don't know if you knew this, Sid, it automatically levels your your audio. Um, so, but I'll let Billy go. Well, no, I was just going to say there's uh, 
I don't know if it's available for Windows, but I know on Mac there's a app called Levelator. That oh does yeah, a pretty decent job. I, I'm not an audiophile by any means, but it does a pretty decent job. Yeah, good good call. I I used to use Levelator a lot, and it's been around for a long time. Uh, and I made the switch at some point to Auphonic, which is the link I have pinned at the top. And Auphonic has I've been I actually started using them again. I took a break and I was using Adobe Enhancer. Both of these products that I'm mentioning will, in my opinion, help improve audio, especially what Sandy's describing. It does a great job. Auphonics, especially, Auphonic does a great job leveling it out. And now they've added some additional tech to in the back end where it does a really nice job, even if you put through a produced, a finished episode, it's it now does a really good job of recognizing when music is playing and somebody is talking. It it does a good job of enhancing the voice without screwing up the way that the music sounds, if that makes sense. So I highly recommend Alphonic. You can get, two, I think you get two hours for free every month. I will definitely check it out. That's That's helpful. Thank you. You're My welcome. The only other piece of advice is uh-huh. supposedly you can do it into script, but it's going to take like 57 processes. <laughs> you have to get like 27 things and you might have to be a Windows person. So Nick is the only one that can actually do it. <laughs> Too funny. So I use GarageBand. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, I'm, I will take a look at Aphonic. I think, yeah, Paula did tell me about that as well. So I will take a look. But I think the biggest thing is, like you told me, I will spend some time with my beautiful Rodecaster too, and playing around prior to, to make sure that, yeah, I can get that audio that I'm looking for. But I appreciate all the, the information. It's very helpful. Thank you all. You're welcome, Sandy. Thank you for asking. And, you know, Sandy actually in the Facebook group, when she raised this question, one of the other questions she had was, is that okay to bring to the room tomorrow? And my answer is it's always okay at any day to bring a question, even if it's not on topic, right? Because ultimately, one of the main missions of this show is to empower people, to help people with their processes. And I don't want people to have to wait until there is a quote-unquote proper day to ask the proper question. Anytime you all are welcome to come and ask your question. I encourage it. I love it. So keep on keeping on. Uh, Billy, yeah, go ahead. Well, Mark, real quick, since you're celebrating two years, first of all, congratulations to you. Thanks thanks for keeping this room going. But to Raphael and Sid and myself and a couple other old school OGs have been in this room for several years, I just have the number one question that's been asked in this space. I just want to remind everyone is what is a TRRS cable? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Those guys will love it. I bet we answered that question a thousand times per day. So when you were like, I got a question and it wasn't about that. I'm like, we have progressed over these years. <laughs> it's been good. I miss the good old days during lockdown when all that was the only question and it would happen five times per room when our rooms were eight hours long (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was the good old days of clubhouse for sure and i don't think we could make this make those podcasts the way that we're able to make this show a podcast but yeah 
I, and Billy, you want to share with for anybody who doesn't know what that is? Gosh, nope, I don't. <laughs> it. I'll put. Oh my god, that was perfect, Mark. <laughs> I'll put it in. But Mark, go ahead and say. Oh, go ahead. No, I just wanted to jump on what Billy said. Um, finally, something good coming out of Philly. Um, but no, in all seriousness, Mark, I just want to say thank you for keeping this community going. It was really sad to see it kind of fall off, and I'm really glad that you brought it back. And you have led us to where we are today with even, I believe, even a stronger community than we had in the beginning. So thank you very much for keeping this going. And congratulations to everybody for two years. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for that last point as well. This is definitely a community effort that keeps this thing going for two years. Certainly, there have been times where I haven't been able to show up for whatever reason, travel or illness or what have you, and you all continue to come, continue to keep this show room going. So thank you. I appreciate that. And Anna... You've come up here on stage, and I think you came up here as I was encouraging people to ask questions, so I'm going to guess maybe you have one? You were very kind to do so, and uh, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed now, having to have to look up a TRRS cable, allowing you to speak and listen at the same time. <laughs> um, and my question actually is, uh, as a, a three-year Clubhouse veteran who's been um, the, the room I run has developed and I've been interviewing a lot of industry experts and I'm now releasing a podcast with the interviews that I've done previously that I've edited and released and I'm really pleased with it. And I apologize if this is a terrible question, but the audio quality I have from Clubhouse is terrible. And I know that um, it's a fact, but the information in the conversations is too important not to share. Is there anything I can do going forward to record on Clubhouse that would help, or should I just be recording elsewhere? And mm. the reason I continue to record on Clubhouse is because I have between 80 and 100 people come every week, and they ask questions, and I love the interaction. Any thoughts? Yeah, I have some thoughts, and I don't think that's a terrible question at all. I think, so first of all, I do know it. there used to be, and let me, yeah, you can still do this. You can change the audio quality within your room that you're hosting on Clubhouse. So it, there's the three dots that appear if you're a moderator at the top right-hand side, and you can go to audio quality, and it does help. Uh, and the tool I just suggested a moment ago, Auphonic, if you run the recording, the replay, if you run it through Auphonic, it does a nice job of enhancing the audio, as does as does uh, Adobe. So I would consider one of those. And just to share what I generally do with my recordings is I am recording to my Rodecaster Pro 2 and using that audio because at the, at the very least, it is my audio is coming through a lot cleaner, sounds a lot more crisp. And I, I find that everybody, I mean, go back. I would encourage you, Anna, to go back and listen to one of our podcast episodes and be, be, and hear and, and make that determination for yourself. What do you think of the audio quality? And come back and let me know what you think. But I think, I think you'll find that it's acceptable and maybe even better than you may have expected. Uh, Walt has something to add. Go ahead, Walt. Hey, um, I would also like to add um, just to 
something to work on is being okay with the quality of the audio after you've gone through all of these things as well. I think, I think these tools will definitely, um, make it sound great, but, um, I've recorded a ton of terrible quality video and audio content. And, um, on my podcast, some of the episodes that have the most listens actually are the ones that the quality is kind of, kind of terrible. And it's because the, the actual conversation was really, really good. And that's something that, because I, I record when I host rooms, I record it and I'll publish it. And something that I will do is before, like, as I intro it, cause I create a custom intro when I'm turning it into a, like a replay type of thing. I would say like, Hey, this is something that's recorded live and just say a few other things in that way. Mm-hmm. Your listeners already know, like not to expect some super studio quality stuff. And so they're not in the mind of trying to listen to something that's like NPR quality when it's really, you know, we live right now, anything could happen. So just if, if it makes you feel more comfortable, just have that little, like, um, I don't know what the word is, but just, just let people know it's live and they'll probably be straight. Yeah, I think that does help a lot. Go ahead, Anna. Yeah, no, I just wanted to say thank you. I'm I'm aware that I have very high expectations and so perhaps allowing uh, the importance of the content to supersede the uh, quality of the audio is probably something I need to remember. And I'm just aware that I, um, I'll give Orphonic a try. I, I record and um, edit and master my own stuff in RX Isotope and I I'm aware that my issue is the differences between the different speakers. We often have six or eight people on, and sometimes they're calling, it sounds like, from their toilet uh, mm-hmm. or from you know the park. And I'm like, seriously, people? Um, <laughs> but it's all live and happening in the moment. So there, sometimes there's nothing more I can do. Um, and I appreciate that, Walter. Thank you. I think I need to remember that people who listen and seem to already enjoy the podcast, even though it's only a month old, um, are grateful for the content. And that's probably really important to remember as well. Thank you. You're welcome. And I saw Roth has something. I think Walt had something else and Nick has something. So let's do it. Roth, go for it. Uh, so actually, basically in the end, Anna kind of ended up uh, referring to it herself, what I was going to bring up. And that's just remembering the space that you're in, remembering, sorry that my phones are going off here, <laughs> but remembering also microphone technique. That's a big one. Maybe not speaking directly into your phone and speaking more directly, uh, sorry, just off access. I mean, even looking up how to use your phone as a microphone for recording audio for a podcast and looking up some of those techniques that you can apply to a regular microphone as well. Uh, and yes, my phone is still going off. So yeah. And you know, Anna, what I like to say, thank you, Ralph. What I like to say to Walt's point is, you know, sometimes when you when you think about a radio show that's live and they're taking callers, it's the caller's audio quality is not that great. They're usually on their speaker phones or Bluetooth and it's fine, right? Like as an as somebody in the audience of a radio show, I, I get it. I get that the caller and and that's what people are here in Clubhouse. They're basically like callers. Their audio may not be as good as, say, yours is. Walt, did you want to add something? Maybe not. There he is. Um, I was going to make a joke that they might actually be calling in from the toilet if it's closed out. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just during lockdown, that was a thing. Yes. That was so, definitely a thing. People we all heard all of the details. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, Nick, what did you want to add? And then we'll go to Billy. Yeah, I was just going to say another 
part of that, like that Mark does with this room, like he makes it very known that we are speaking on clubhouse. This is kind of the, the setting for it. So anybody that's tuning in for the podcast episode, there's, it kind of sets that expectation. Like, Hey, this isn't a, we're in the studio recording kind of thing. It's oh, sorry. My dogs are going freaking nuts. Now. See, we're live. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so it, it just sets that expectation. Like, Hey, this isn't a, recorded specifically for podcasts. This is another way that we're kind of engaging with people. Yeah, absolutely. Billy, what did you want to add? I was going to kind of say the same thing as Nick. Like when I was doing the fishing show, those guys would show up and we did video and audio. They would show up on their phones, on the boat dock, in the car, driving down the road. And so my co-host and I, in the early days, we'd be like frustrated, like, man, how do we get them like settled? And then finally I was like, look, dude, as long as we look good and sound good, that's all that matters. And we'll figure, we'll try to get them as best we can. But as the host, as long as we're showing up fly, like who cares? And mm-hmm. so it worked out. Like, even if we agreed with that at the end of the day, we we're still like, we got to tell ourselves that to get through this show. So <laughs> thank you. Billy and John just popped up here. John, did you want to add to this part of the conversation? Yeah, I'm one of those guys. I use a radio studio, so I use a board and I call the guests on their phone. And here's the rules that that I give them: no Bluetooth, no Wi-Fi, no earbuds, no speakerphone. You got to be the hands that. The audio quality is while it's important is billy made a great point is most important my audio quality is good and editing for me is good the guest is secondary it's about the content and what really separates uh shows apart and show hosts apart is the thing and re- respond to what the guest says because quite often your pre-scripted questions that you think you need to cover uh you're focused on that and not listen to what they tell you and they're giving you bits of gold that uh, are not being covered because they're so focused on getting the next question out because they want to be uh, perceived as being an expert instead of being an entertainer and creating a great show. Yeah, thank you, John. And the the one thing I'm curious about is you said no Wi-Fi. And the the one thing I feel like I slightly disagree only in the sense that sometimes the Wi-Fi, if their phones are connected to their Wi-Fi for for phone service, they'll oftentimes get a much stronger, steadier signal than if they're using their 5G. The Wi-Fi for the phone is fine as long as we're using a handset. I'm talking about Wi-Fi or Bluetooth for earbuds Uh, or headsets because that degrades audio quality. and. The radio syndicator will not allow it because by the time it hits radio, it gets optimized and, and distorted even more. Yeah. So um, the Wi-Fi is, look, cell phones with a strong Wi-Fi area is great as long as it's um, quiet and doesn't have a lot of hard reflective surfaces. Then sure. We're usually good to go. Yep, absolutely. Thank you, John. Sid, did you want to add something? Yeah, um, John just said something that, that he kind of glossed over and I want to make sure that we... Uh, don't because it's really, really important as we talk about what makes a great host, right? Which is listening skills, I think, are the most important skill that you need as a host to be able to listen to what the what the person is saying and be able to respond appropriately. And one of the biggest feedbacks that I've gotten is have people really like how I reframe what I heard the guest say 
And it gives me the ability to ask an additional follow-up question for maybe more clarity or gathering more information about that topic. Because especially if you're interviewing somebody that's really technical, they speak in a language that not necessarily everybody understands. So being able to listen and respond to that with a really great um, empowering question is super important, more so important than looking at your list of questions and asking the next follow-up question. Mm. Yeah, paying attention. And yeah, I agree with you. It's it's really powerful when a host or anybody you're having a conversation with, when they have a follow-up question to something you just said, as opposed to just moving right to the next question. It it there is even as the the recipient of the question, it is empowering. It 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 it, it does give you the feeling that wow, okay, what I said, this person is really taking their time to understand it and and asking more questions to understand it even better. There's something really powerful about that, and I think an audience picks up on that too. Did anyone else want to add anything? Okay. So the next thing I want to do, because I said this earlier, a different John, not the John that's on stage, John who is in the audience currently, Estacio, he... John, by the way, sometime tell me if I pronounce your name right, because I feel like I don't. Uh, John asked a question in Facebook, in our group. Again, you can find that Empowered Podcasting, if you search for it on Facebook. He's asking, what are the best ways that we've found to identify what content our audience likes or dislikes? In other words, how do you know that your content is resonating with your audience. So I'm curious if anybody wants to chime in first before I do. Go ahead, John. Really quick. Uh, Facebook is a great way to tell, uh, especially if you have a business commercial page and you can see the insights and you can see what's engaging the most. Um, That's a really good way of getting direct information where people don't have to send you information. Secondly, here's what I tell people all the time. Focus on producing a show you want to produce and tweak it and improve and, and make adjustments as you go along. Do not make it uh, driven by what you perceive to be responses. And here's the reason why. And I'll, I'll go very quickly. In radio, the primary listener, the P1 listener, less than 1% of the time they will ever contact the station. Less than 1%. The ones who do are the people who rarely ever listen to you. So if you make big adjustments to your show based off people who rarely ever listen to you, you're going to lose the the soul of your show. So uh, that's why I don't do a whole lot of that. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. <clears throat> Pardon me. Thank you. And by the way, for those of you, if you if you heard John say P1 listeners, that's that's radio talk for the mega fan. The people that are calling all the time, writing in all the time, actively listening to say the least. Yeah, that's what a P1 listener is. Sid, go ahead. Actually, Anna had her hand up first, Mark. Thank you, Sid. Anna? That's very kind. I uh, I just wanted to comment that I uh, podcasting isn't my first creative endeavor. And so I'm aware that people have a tendency to uh, reach out with negative comments long before they reach out with positive comments. If people like your show, they tend not to say so. They just enjoy it. If they don't like it, they'll let you know. So I encourage people throughout the 
podcast itself to reach out and tell me what they're enjoying, what they're not enjoying, if they have ideas, if they want to, uh, you know, give positive feedback. And I'm always about reinforcing the positive. And I do have a lot of people reach out on Instagram, on, uh, you know, through through different channels here on Clubhouse to let me know that they're loving it, that they're, that, you know, some particular things that they enjoy so that I can do more of it because I think the feedback is really important. Um, and I'm excited to hear what everybody else has got to say about this. Thank you, Anna. Appreciate that. Let's go to Sid and then we're going to go to Walt. Yeah, my comment is very similar to Anna's in that to use the term I learned today, P1, because I didn't know that. Um, my P1 listeners are very engaged and they let me know what they think about the content. And they actually share with me things like, I would really like for you to dive into this topic more with manufacturers. That's happened to me a couple of times where people say, hey, can you ask more about sustainability? Can you ask more about this or that? And I think it's really important to listen to them. So I'm very grateful for those people that are engaged with it and share with me what they would like to hear more of. So I definitely think continuing to listen to your listeners and taking their feedback is something that will indeed help you improve your show. Thanks, Sid. Walt? Hey, um, super weird, but connection is kind of fuzzy. Um, and Sid, it's kind of funny. I think you might have actually answered the question I was going to ask. But um, I'd say the first thing uh, to answer your question, Mark, is um, I, I, I like doing kind of like meet and greets. I, I haven't done them as much in the past, but something I'm actually about to make like a kind of like a core part of what I do is um, organizing opportunities for like people who listen and uh, past guests all to get together in this kind of virtual uh, meetup type of platform. Um, and yeah, I actually met someone who followed my content in person. Uh, actually met two people. One person just bumped into me at some event and the other person just was in town and reached out, see if it'd be open to meeting them. So I think just like podcasting is such an interesting thing because there's like an intimate relationship um, that you kind of develop. And so it was like cool to kind of nurture that as much as possible, at least for me. And then my question was um, something that I'm looking to implement at my job is this whole listener feedback um, kind of form to just get to know them a little bit and also hear about like what they like, what they don't like type of thing. I was just curious if anyone's done that before for their clients or their own podcast. Mm. I think, Walt, I think that's a, a smart idea. I think, you know, a lot of us may say, you know, we want to hear from our listeners. We don't know what they want, if this is resonating with them, but then there's not really, they don't provide a place for their listeners to go to, to give you that feedback, right? So having a, a form that, and as long as you are calling to it on your show and other platforms where your audience uh, where you're meeting up with your audience, I think as long as they know where to go, you're in good shape, and you sh and I would expect you will get some feedback from time to time. So, Nick and and I saw Nick had something, and Alex had something, and now I see Alicia's on stage. Let's go to Nick, and then and we'll go in that order. Go ahead, Nick. Yeah, I, to address both what Walter was saying and John's question, I think it's really important to kind of start with small calls to action, like get your audience taking small actions first. 
So maybe an episode rather than your typical call to action is like, make sure you subscribe and make sure you do this. Kind of like what Sid was talking, where you're throwing out all these different things for people to do. Maybe you have something that you posted on Instagram and you ask your audience a question and say, hey, go answer my question that I posed on Instagram about whatever. Like getting people to take a very specific small action first. And then that'll one, tell you how many people are listening to a point but show you who your action takers are but then once you get people starting to take those smaller actions when you come out with a form like what walter is talking about people might be more apt to doing that because they're used to having kind of like a two-way conversation with you at this point but i would definitely start with the small easy actions because i, I could imagine someone who is not used to taking action after listening to your podcast and then you say hey go fill out this form even if it's a few questions or takes a minute, whatever, that can seem like a lot. And someone's not going to really be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go take the time to do that unless they're super invested. Yeah, that thank, yeah, that makes sense. Thank you, Nick. I think that's, that's key. Yeah, it's almost, uh, this sounds a little maybe degrading, and I don't mean it to, uh, but you got to sometimes train your audience a little bit. You got to get them used to the idea of interacting with you before you just have these high expectations that they're going to interact with you from the get-go. I, I will say Ed Milet on his podcast, he does this thing, I think every week or every day, something like that, where he has an Instagram post that coincides with the episode and he gets people to go comment and interact with that post. And it ends up being like a giveaway for like one of his books or maybe a training or whatever it is. So he kind of gamified it a little bit as well, but he gets a ton of engagement on those posts. So, you know, people are tuning in and understanding and like kind of going after that call to action. So if you can gamify a little, you might encourage people to actually start those interactions and you'll actually start getting more feedback from people that way. Yep. Thanks, Nick. And Alex, what did you want to add? You know, it's funny because we deal with feedback every week when the show is in. We put the, you know, Nick, we, we do feedback both after every episode. We're, we're water, we are water cooler uh, podcast, meaning, you know, somebody will watch the TV show and then they're going to want to comment on it. So, you know, we encourage feedback. We get feedback. Sometimes we get feedback that isn't always the best, but, you know, um, but in terms of the show itself, we've gotten feedback for the show, but mostly it's about the, 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 the content that we're doing. Um, but I don't think, I don't think what you said, Mark is wrong. You have to train your audience the same way you talk about what's a great pot. What's a great host. Well, if people, you know, you look at the greats, you know, Johnny Carson, all the, all the greats, even the ones today, we know what to expect from them. And, you know, I know probably John could, could, since he's in radio, you know, there's a reason why they do what they do with the radio clock, because people are used to that. The same way when you go to Starbucks, a grande latte is the same one here as it is wherever. And people, people expect certain things. And if you want to, if you want to get those things out of your audience, you have to tell them, hey, we're doing a new bit. This is what it is. And see if it takes off. Or this is how we do our feedback. Or whatever it is. Because you can't expect somebody, the crystal ball's broken. 
You can't expect anybody to assume that you you know they're on board if they don't know what the rules are. And I think that's the thing about this. Even even the morning chat, there's a certain there's a certain form to it, and and I think that that's really important. Thanks, Alex. Alicia, what did you want to add? Hi, good morning. I I literally came up just to address the part of your engaging with your listeners. So I'm on Spotify and you have to check to see where you're hosting your podcast if they have the feature, but they can send a, a message to you. Your listeners can easily send an audio message to you. So you just have to do that call to action and say, hey, send us a message on the show. The other thing um, uh, about um, Spotify is that we have Q&As automatically set up um, with our episodes and I did not even have to tell them, Mark, to do that because my mega fans of the business news, guess what, Mark? They are very much telling me what they want to tell me about the show. Mm-hmm. Two, you get to publish it if you choose. So you, you are able to monitor what you choose to publish. So this comes to you, not the, the, the this comes to you when they're giving their, their feedback and their, and the, the, the poll numbers. There's also a poll you can set up. So I've utilized all of that in day one, Mark. That's how I was able to get my, my numbers up um, in that 90 days because Spotify gave you that for you to win. Does that make sense? And then the people who actually like your, like what the content is, they, without telling them, without you telling them, they actually were doing the feedback and telling you. And then when I published it, another thing that I did to, to keep my, my super fans of business news engaged I then did a shout out to my most, most active listener. And so one of my most active listeners is out of, um, out of the country. Mark, this man keeps coming to me even in my DMs on Instagram because he has nowhere else to put stuff. So that's my metric. So that called. So again, look at where your podcast is hosted. Look at all of those features to see if it's there. Um, see how you can get and then do the call to action and everything that Alex said in that last like 10 seconds um, for those on the replay, make sure that you kind of use that as, as well. You can feature a new segment and say, like I did a new segment the other day, Mark, Alliance Back of Prosperity. I said, this is a, a segment, blah, 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 of the news. I watched what the metrics were. Then I took it down this morning because now it tells me what I need to do with that metric, that, with that with that feature. So I, I hope that helps somebody here. But that's what I wanted to share. Thank you. Yeah, I'm just, as I shared yesterday, I've moved the Podcasting Morning Chat podcast to Spotify for Podcasters and have started playing with those engagement features that they offer. And I'm, I'm excited about them. I think it does, in, it will encourage engagement for sure. So thank you for sharing your experience with that. And I do want to also say for to John Astacio, who asked the question, I want to say that also it's important, I think, or it's helpful to pay attention to what your audience or similar audiences are asking other podcasts. So I shared this not too long ago after PodFest, a woman that I met at PodFest, she has really perfected this. And what she's doing is she's she's got a YouTube channel and it's for middle-aged men. And she goes to other YouTube channels 
that are similar or have a similar audience, and she's reading the comments, and she's paying attention to what people are asking, right? Or, or maybe they're, because maybe they're asking a question about a topic she hasn't really talked about yet, or maybe they've asked it in a way that can create more content for her and her podcast. So pay attention to what people are asking for. I know it's not direct feedback as far as what you have put out there. And I think it's important to pay attention what are other people putting out there and what are audiences saying about it. That should help guide you and cater to your audience a little bit more. Okay, so with that, we are back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Eastern, as we are every Monday through Friday, talking all things content creation, podcasting, etc. And tomorrow, Fridays, we like to celebrate our wins with one another. Big wins, small wins, whatever they are, we want to celebrate. We think it's important to recognize what we've accomplished during the week and to not just recognize it, but celebrate it. So bring it tomorrow and we will dig in and maybe we'll talk a little podcasting too. We usually do that as well on Fridays. So please join us 7 a.m. Eastern time. And please remember to leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or rate us, whatever they allow you to do to let people know you enjoy the podcasting morning chat. We would appreciate it. So until tomorrow, make it a great day, everybody. Take care.